Okay, hello. It's your boy, sorry, your king of the pod, Drew. Give myself short shrift here. I'm the king of the pod. I've not yet been usurped, I don't think. No, I know I haven't, because I'm here. Oh, you have a loyal <laughs> coterie of like excellent advisors. I don't see what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. And would you be one of those excellent advisors, person speaking? Yes, yeah, one of the one of the very loyal ones. Mm-hmm. The most loyal. You should be, since you're the hand of the king of the pod. I would say I'm the most loyal. I would describe myself that way. Mm-hmm. I'm a good boy. Okay, well, you better be, because I'm still on high alert for these usurpers. People trying to bring down my regime. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm keeping a close eye out on that. Okay. What do you think about my uh, my master of coin? Is she still on the level? It's hard to say with that one. I do not trust her. Excuse me. Well, oh, hey. oh, she's here. Oh, hi, Lady Finger. I didn't see you come I bring in. You all Good evening, the Lady Finger. Coin that you guys ask for. So I don't know what your fine lords are insinuating. Uh, I don't know about coin. I mean, you did it. you did procure a HBO Go. Uh, password for me, so <laughs> I I was able to watch the newest episode of Game of Thrones, Whew. season seven. We're on about a couple of weeks ago. We did a podcast net on the trailer, I think it was, and some predictions. I don't specifically remember what we talked about, but I don't. I was gonna say, did any of our predictions come true in episode one? I don't think I don't remember any like predictions that I've been stumping for, like, in my real life, um, coming true yesterday. Well, yeah, I don't either, because I don't remember what we talked about. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, yesterday's episode was good. I thought it was a very, like, mild opening, except for, like... Mild? I thought it was pretty mild. I thought it was super charming. (laughs) Charming? Charming. These are both two, uh, adjectives or descriptors that generally don't get thrown around with your typical Game of Thrones episode, mild mm-hmm. and charming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't super plotty. Like we didn't see any of the battle scenes from the trailers, um, which is I, I think what everyone wanted and sort of expected from the return. But it's like it's exactly like the return from uh, last season, the first episode yeah. of the season. Super madman, lot of lot of people talking and just being like super funny and cute. I loved it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well we'll, get, we'll dive in a little bit more into specifics, but um. Yeah, overall, I think I and I probably enjoyed this opening better than last se- the last couple of seasons. Hmm. First one, I would Solid. say. Maybe because it's a little more concise now, you can really see where things are going with the different... There's so many fewer characters. Plot lines. <laughs> yeah. Might as well get it out of the way. I invited a few friends to the small council today, and they, they're not here. I don't... Do you know what happened They didn't make them? it? I don't... I'll yeah. see. I'll see what I can find out. I don't... Yeah. I might have to send some birds... They're, they're not very trustworthy. My, our missing master of whispers, that's normally her job, but she's been MIA for quite a, quite a while now. Well, Suspiciously. Yeah. And also suspicious was Walter Frey uh, holding yet another feast in, in short order. Ah, oh, that was so wild. Now, you guys realize what was happening right away, or how long did it take you when this... Oh, this is a cold open, by the way. It was before the, uh, yep. the uh, credits. I can say, and no one has to believe me, that like I knew instantly. It's like, oh, that's Arya. Some shit's going down. But yeah, that I, I was quivering with excitement. But oh wow! I yeah, I, I knew it was her because ever since she was she skin changed into that waitress mm, at the yeah. end of season but, six. 
the while ago called a waitress. Yeah. <laughs> the Frey waitress. The Frey waitress. Um, I was like, oh, it has to be. So, yeah, I, I knew it was going on, too. I mean, there's a, a quick possibility it could be some flashback or something, but mm-hmm. it was pretty obvious. But have they ever shown before that Ari can just imitate voices as well? It's basically just like a complete magical power, right? I... So they've never shown Arya do that, but the waif, like when she was like sneaking up on Arya as an old lady, she had like an old lady's voice. Okay. I guess um, theoretically it's just some old lady you could just do an old lady voice no one knows what it sounds like that's very or the waitress as you call it could just have whatever voice that Mm. you can do but like this is like his yeah she was obviously it's the clearly the guy from harry potter yeah (laughs) yeah i feel like yeah a couple harry potter actors popped up over here but um okay so it it was a satisfying scene to me i I enjoyed it but overall with the whole aria kind of my some of my frustration from last season too was with the aria plot line where Mm-hmm. It does just seem like I do think they can overdo this thing with her just pulling the faces off and being able to do whatever. So I hope it's it's not too much. But I, I did like this. I yeah, I hesitate to approve when they just give uh, a character a superpower like that because this like show is about fucking human beings. Yeah. But it's also about like zombies and the end of the world. So somebody's got to be able to do some cool shit. Mm. Right. Yeah. So I I saw some people online saying it was like a little Mission Impossible mm-hmm. or something. But, Real Mission Impossible vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, do you, I guess we can just continue on with uh, Arya, because she did pop up later in the episode as well. Can I pause whatever you're going to say? Yeah. Fuck Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran can go fucking talk. <laughs> Ed Sheeran can fuck off. I never want to hear his stupid voice or see his stupid face in my Game of Thrones again. I feel like there's going to be so many, like actor cameos I feel like that's like a thing now I hate it so much first of all he's not an actor (laughs) well you know what I mean celebrity cameos Mm -hmm. god (laughs) well so yeah so I guess this is divisive this Ed Sheeran cameo I don't really know him that much so like it didn't really bother me or anything like he just like writes bad songs and people like them well I guess he was singing too so I've only I only watched the episode once I do want to rewatch it but I didn't really catch the song he was singing. Did you guys notice if that was um, uh, I don't know a pre-existing songs. song from the book or? The well, he song. said it was a new one, so. I didn't. Well, yeah, I it is a new one from the show. At least. Yeah, I didn't really recognize it, but I mean, like, so many songs are like the Maiden Fair, like yeah, the all, Bear and the Maiden Fair. Is, yeah, they all like do. and have, the Darnish Man's Wife. Yeah. Yeah, they all have kind of a similar like yeah. structure. Also, it's like fundamentally different to have like Cigaros in there playing the Reigns of Castamere. And then just like have him just be a him just be a character. character. Coins at, yeah, so what happened? Boot like, off stage. It's totally different uh, for him to well, like be a character in half lines. Yeah, it was, I guess it could be a little jarring if if he's too famous or a face or whatever. Which which like I said to me is not that famous. Uh, it wasn't bothering me because I don't really, I don't know I don't know who I could compare. To be to fair, he's super famous. I know he yeah. is, but but just for me personally, I don't like. I'm not seeing him all over all the time, or like mm. I don't know, watching his videos or whatever he does. So like, I it didn't really bother me. But what about what do you guys think about the scene in general? Like, what the point of it was? To me, like the point I guess was to show that like all Lannisters are all all the soldiers. They're just like some normal guys. Right. It was, was to temper the like angel of vengeance thing that Arya's yeah. got going on. <laughs> yeah, that's I agree with that because like. 
almost I feel like every single person she's encountered in the past couple of seasons she's like wanted to kill so yeah, same and it was <laughs> interesting I think like I was honestly kind of scared for the like the soldiers like, yeah. I was like is she just gonna kill him now oh yeah I, <laughs> I wanted to see her murder Ed Sheeran so bad <laughs> it sounds like he did well I don't think he's I mean this guy he, he's probably not gonna be no that was a one off again um, or, or is she gonna like kill him one here that was just like a gift from the producers to her cause to the actress Maisie so. Williams is a oh, huge yeah. Ed Sheeran fan. Is she? Well, she's a teenage girl, so. Yeah. I don't know. What if she was like? What if she was like an old school like I don't know, like Tom Waits fan or something? They just bring him in like someone. That guy. would have been hilarious <laughs> and so much more charming. Oh my god! If Tom Waits was the guy, yeah, he's great. Uh, I don't know why I pulled that name, but. Well, okay, so that was, yeah, I guess that was the point of that scene. Well, also, I was kind of surprised that she said, I mean, it makes sense with her, like, revenge tour thing, but I assumed she was going to go to Winterfell, not to King's Landing. Yeah, I, maybe she just, I was thinking either she's saying that to, like, just lie, just tell people she's going in a different direction than she is, just to not, you know, tell people where she's going or hmm. where she's from. Because they were soldiers to keep the king's peace. And again, like, it was yeah. it was a weird sentence. It was a very weird sentence. That's possible. I, I have no trouble believing that she is on her way to King's Landing to kill the queen. Me either. I bet what happens is that she runs into um, the the band of brothers or whatever. That's, see, that's what I was thinking them. it was going to happen. Because, but uh, they're, they seem to be further north now, so she won't be going the same direction if she had. Mm, fair. Is going there, I think. Well, maybe I would like her to run into them, unless she just kills. I which forget I don't chronologically. Want. Like, do Arya and the Hound meet the father-daughter combo that he buried last night uh, before they before the uh, red wedding? Because then oh, they, no, they it was south of the neck. It was after. Okay, but I uh, okay. So you're trying to pinpoint because they're at that house. It was after. I think it was in the Vale, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. It, it definitely was from season four, which is okay. after the cool. wedding. Mm. So maybe not. Yeah, I guess we can move over into that storyline, though, if we're done with Arya. That's the scenes then, that, that might have been some of my favorite part of the episode, these scenes with the Brotherhood and the Hound. Yeah, that really worked. I didn't really like, like you are saying, like, Sheeran bumps you a little bit, like, seeing him or whatever. Or you just have more deeper seated issues with, with him, but well, I I really hate him, but it did just like take me out of the scene, which is but, the criticism that everyone has levied. Uh, yeah. It's not original for me to say that, but like it sucked. Yeah, okay. So, but like what I was gonna say is like something that took me out a little bit was one that the Hound told them Thoros about, or he, he said the term top knot. Top knot. Uh, yeah. I was like, this is not. I like usually everything the Hound says is funny. Like I like it, and he's a great actor. That guy. I like I like the whole redemption thing he's going on, but I'm like so into it. when he's like top now, I'm like that's a little too uh, the 2016, 17, whatever. I wasn't that's feeling true. that line of dialogue, but in general, it's interesting. So they like that's you never know what they're gonna bring back in this show. Like I never would have thought we'd be back with this like random family that he, they stole him, he stole from before. Mm-hmm. Right. I will say like yeah, he, he took their money, but which was obviously a dick move, but. I they were in a bad, precarious position there anyway. Like something else probably would have killed them if not starvation or whatever it was. For sure, I'm super into like the redemption cycle that we're getting with the Hound. Yeah. Uh, like this is like very obviously going to end with like him 
just being a good dude and like yeah. getting killed because of that. But it's like it's okay because he's like a totally different person than he was in the first season or whatever. Yeah. Like he's definitely gonna save John from a fire or something when they go up north. <laughs> oh, maybe. And he still needs to. I mean, theoretically, we still need him around to fight in to fight, the yeah, Franken Mountain. I don't know if we're getting that. I feel like we must. I mean, I, I, the, I think the we show, want the it show, too bad. but the show is like is like doing things people want now. It seems yeah. like. Mm. I, I just don't. Even in the book, I, I feel like it's got to happen with how yeah. much foreshadowing. And there was a direct. I think it was a direct nod to the book where he's d- digging the graves for them. Then, mm. which by the way, it's got it's hard frozen ground there. Luckily, it's muscular man but uh it's a big boy but i think that's a direct nod from the writers of the show to the book oh, whole the theory of the of the hound being the grave hey, digger, digger. Uh, we don't uh, really get into that but uh anyone who read feast for crows probably knows what it's about if they're paying attention when they read it what about this then so yeah the hound is like one of the best stories of, of the show like on like a character level i think yeah he's more interesting more. than most other characters in my opinion but what about this whole fire looking? So it seemed like he was really seeing something in the fire here. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think we trust that, like, he wasn't just fucking with them. Like, he saw whatever. Mm. Well, I don't think he's fucking with them, but, like, or, or I guess just not even about him personally. But so it's, is the show saying that this is real? Like, this, you can see things in the fire, or. Yeah. I mean, like, not you and me, but. What? <laughs> That's my hand. I demand that you give me some fire I can look into. Um, yeah, I think the show does accept some of its like magical, not realism, whatever that's called. Just like we we do believe that Melisandre was able to like resurrect Jon Snow. That we we yeah, do yeah, believe yeah, that like, it is strongly implied that the curse that she performed with the leeches like caused those kings to die. Right, and with Renly, like, the shadow baby, that all stuff was... Well, cool. she, yeah, literally yeah, the thing, I, I still, I, I don't know if I'm convinced on the leech thing, because that still seems pretty circumstantial evidence, but... Sure, like, this is a story where everyone dies horribly. Fair. Yeah. I don't know. I guess in the book that it seems to me still at least that, like, some of the things, like, seeing in the fire or things like that could be not real still. But, but then... around the show. Two people who follow that religion have resurrected people... Mm-hmm. So, like, at so, minimum, magic is real. Yeah, I guess so. Um, there Apparently there was... I didn't read this interview, but I, like, read a little thing, paragraph someone wrote about it. There was a George R. R. Martin um, interview recently where, at least based on this thing I read, it, that they were saying that he... George R. R. Martin said that, like... I think he was talking about Beric Dondarrion, but, like, presumably you could include John in this if John does get resurrected the same way in the book. George was saying that they're, like not different from the whites that are like resurrected via ice or whatever but they're just like a fire version of it so they're not really the same person brought back to life but they're like a I don't know that I buy that in the I don't know that I buy that in the TV show maybe it's not in the show they still have personalities I mean they have to the actors are the same people Mm -hmm. right I don't know well the the Beric character is not is not really any different from the book other than that he's gone in the book now but it's not really he, he does say in the show also that he's not like the same person or whatever wait he dies in the book yeah like for like real nine times well in the book he gets he dies I mean we don't yeah I guess they, what, the, how they explain it is that when the whole Lady Stoneheart thing comes up he gives his life for her to come back yeah. or something Oh, but he okay. died before, like he. But died, yeah, not, but apparently George is saying that, like, that in his writing, at least they're they're just resurrected corpses. They're not like 
brought back. I, I don't know what the exact distinction is, but well, he was making yeah. a parallel to the whites that's more similar to that. Which is strange because the whites just seem, even in the books, they just yeah. seem kind of mindless, whereas Beric's talk. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not 100% mindless because we do know, like, in the first book, they're going after the Lord Commander. Like, they have some memory, they have some goal. Right, like, they, yeah. but they still seem, like, unintelligent. Right. Some, uh, maybe something about the light or the fire resurrection makes different, I don't know, than, than the power the White Walkers have. Yeah, I mean, it does seem to assert, like, a fundamental difference between the ones that would like the, the characters we like who have been brought back to life and like the horde of the undead yeah by the way actually to backtrack to the Arya thing real quick with the the phrase i did make a note here that since i mentioned book stuff like lady stoneheart i think that they're giving Arya the lady stoneheart plot what's gonna happen a little bit with this fray what uh because i think there's gonna be that red wedding 2.0 that some people are other people talk about too in the theories and stuff how like um oh, there's all types of book stuff where it seems like there's going to be another wedding either at River Run or the Twins where all these Freys and some Lannisters probably too get got but it's probably it's like the brother and Lady Stoneheart going to do it and then Arya, oh. I think that's going to happen in Winds of Winter if it ever comes out so I've not heard that theory that's delightful yeah there, yeah you should look into it we don't have time to get into it now but there's um there's like a lot of evidence for something like that to happen that's in Beast for Crows. Okay, so let's go up north to, well, I guess to the wall real quick. We saw Lord Commander Ed welcoming in Bran and Mira, and uh, Bran is just uh, getting on his, I guess his proof of who he says he is is that <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I know who you are. I like <laughs> spying on you. Yeah, that was like a weird response. It wasn't like, look, I'm a cripple. Didn't you know, like, <laughs> you know, uh, John's brother was a cripple? No, no, no. I saw you at Hard Home. Okay. I if I was that, I'd be like, all right, you creep. Like, you can stay out of here. <laughs> no, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> but, uh, but I guess what, what Bran was creeping on most recently wasn't uh, Ed's backstory, but it was the current uh, horde of the undead coming in. Mm -hmm. It looks like they got they got some new uh, members of the squad. Oof. Yeah, a couple, big, couple big, big offensive line coming in. <laughs> big old boys. Uh, yeah, that's not going to be great. There are no more living giants, right? No, I, I mean they were trying to say that the last one was I think that was the one that died. Uh, luckily for his name was one one. Luckily for him, he died south of the wall, so he he shouldn't be coming back. Right. But uh, all his kinfolk are coming in cold. That is really distressing. I don't like. And uh, I always get real nervous in fantasy situations where, like, specifically giants. I don't know when, like, our heroes must fight, and it's always a it, it's a giant. Like, if it's a large scorpion, like whatever. But it, like specifically giants <laughs> terrify me. I don't know is why. Is it because you're a big Dallas Cowboys fan and you have to face off with the Giants a couple, a couple times a year? <laughs> I mean, it makes that sense. I'm not worried about. Well, what this was showing to me, I think, other than just that it's a cool, like, scary thing, the Giants are whites now, I think this is going to be a, a bit of foreshadowing for some other mythical creatures might be turning into whites by the end of the season. Oh, 100% that is going to happen. Like one of the dragons. So that's what I think that was briefly in there for yep. you think that will happen I think, that, I think so yeah that'd be interesting or maybe I don't know what other yeah I guess that's a nice dragon I don't know what other mythical creatures there are to turn into 
but aren't dire wolves technically giant spiders i guess yeah i don't know if any will though giant spiders yeah but we haven't seen them to begin with but yeah they're supposed to be able to like the tales say that the white walkers ride on giant Giant. ice spiders Hmm. well uh let's move south a little bit of the wall to winterfell uh, the intrigue going on here little uh, disagreement today or yesterday between brother and well brother and sister in quotes so on the uh, football, um, I've already been talking about your Cowboys and Giants. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know me and Eric, uh, with our friend Cheesehead Marv, the Packers fan, we do a little NFL podcast uh, on this very feed. We dabble. Mr. Zerelvin. And uh, you probably don't know this lady finger because I, I assume you don't listen to, the, to our show. But we have a, <laughs> a segment where I pit uh, Marv and Eric against each other called point counterpoint <laughs> and one has to argue for one team that's matching up with each other it's like if the Packers are playing the Cowboys I'm like Eric you have to tell me why the Packers will win even if you don't think that you have to you know you have to convince me Marv you have to take the opposite side and convince me <laughs> so that I'm gonna move that now over to the small council podcast here point counterpoint John versus Santa oh Ooh. so let's see since you're not familiar with this concept yet, Annie, it's very complicated, by the way. <laughs> I'll, I'll put you on the clock first, Lord Hand. Why don't you take John's argument? Can I take Santa, because she's right? Uh, no, okay, no, John's argument. No, because I just said you have to convince me even if you don't believe <laughs> it. So why is John right about what he wants to do? Um, whatever it does to the characters who practice it, like, fundamental goodness is still a thing that this show cares about, right? Ned got got, uh, Rob got got. And they did it by playing the game the wrong way. But the show did celebrate their, like, Arthurian, just, like, great man theory skills in that way. Like, everyone everyone was so happy with them and proud of them, except the people that they were fucking over by doing the right thing. So if you want to say that John's doing the right thing, um, it, would have to be, it would have to come from a moral argument. Like, he has the moral high ground in that argument. It's Whoa. just that it's impractical. And also... The- you need to hold the north, uh, so tactically, it would be proper to like get those houses in line by like giving them their land back. You you need them well, more than you need you need like stability there more than you need retribution. So let me let me try to press you a little more on this point. Then I guess I think a big part of his thing is just like he's only mainly concerned about the White Walkers and the threat to the north. So I mean that's got to be part of it, right? Like argue for that. Why is that better than... Hmm? Why is... He, he's basically saying he's putting all his eggs in, like, the basket of we have to protect from the, the threat of North. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, this is not my argument. That's why I'm trying to push, push that. Because I, I personally think that's, like, a large part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, those so, houses are there now. So I think, yeah. tactically, like, they have the supply lines, they have the trust of the people on the land that, that they govern. It would be too much work too late in the game to like put up another family there okay. put down any riots just like make sure that everything's ready if you start from scratch with a new family also like primarily John's argument is it's the right thing to do I'm not gonna punish these children okay mm-hmm. what about the counterpoint Lady Fingers alright right. <laughs> first and foremost they're children they're not tactical advisors they're not they don't know anything about warfare. I mean, the little boy in that scene was probably like seven. 
and like the girl yeah. is, is his like name Ned, I think. Ned his name Humber. is Ned, and like Alice is the girl, yeah. I think. And like the girl's like maybe twelve. Like they look super young. In like a war scenario, they're not gonna be super useful. So Santa has a point, and you know she's from you know saw how the South, how justice worked in the South, and you know she did see her father die, she did see everyone die. So she has that historical point of view from just seeing how these things work, and she's looking at the broader picture. She's not even she's not just looking at the North, because she doesn't really. I don't think she grasps what's going on in the North. Uh, she hasn't seen. The, she hasn't seen the which White most Walkers. people haven't. Obviously, right. There. Right. But by putting in a new family, like people who are loyal, well then that shows that, you know, like she said, you're appreciating their loyalty, you're appreciating their assistance, as well as you're getting fresh people from the South going there, not people who have been spent already in a war that they didn't really win or care about. And like when you have like the main people of the family dying, the adults of those two houses dying, and you have a leaderless, houses just like these children running it and maybe they're stewards it's not gonna be very successful that's kind of like you're asking them to die basically because we saw what happened with Winterfell when they left Bran with Maester Lewin like it just children are not meant to run these big castles they just can't I mean yeah that's true there was a little more because it was Winterfell there's obviously more people that wanted it like the Greyjoys etc right right there's more possibility for bad things to happen but yeah that's a good point so i was thinking of the argument as more of like or i can just re- rephrase it as this the north versus the south in terms of what's the biggest threat or how should they go or we don't have to do count, count pointer see even on this <laughs> podcast a recurring bit from mr zarell is my inability to say the name of my own segment that i came up with Point counterpoint. It's it's a bit, but uh, yeah, <laughs> unintentional one where I really do screw it up. But anyway, um, I, well, with this whole thing, I was, I think both parties, John and Sansa, are right in some extent with what they're saying because there there are threats from both sides, obviously, mm-hmm. and and in terms of their, you should for the people that supported you and won you the war, essentially or the battle, you do have to give them something, but. What about North versus South? Like, if the argument's just that, should they, let's say that they did what John seemingly wants to do and just only focus on the White Walkers, do you think Cersei would be able to overtake them somehow? Not really. Mm, Cersei's gonna have her hands full. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about her in a minute, but um, I know it's your queen. <sighs> My baby. Um, <laughs> Obviously, you're a queen, not not in the literal sense, because I'm the king. So. Right, right, of course. She's your your dream it's just girl. Just that I've changed my name to Eric Tillman Lannister. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I think there's a new a new character, not new, but a character that popped up here that uh, you might be hating on, just like Sheeran. I will murder him. But we'll get to it. Yeah, to wrap this whole thing up. So I I, I don't know. I, I think it's a tough situation. There probably could be some middle ground. Right. Um, to be found there. Right, like, it's totally nuanced. Yeah. That said, Sansa's 100% right. Like, the Red Wedding happened because for centuries, the Starks, because they were such great men, like, refused to have well, a Reigns of Casimir <laughs> moment. Like, the Boltons and, and Card Stark specifically yeah. keep trying for centuries to, like, overthrow the uh, the, the Starks in the North. Uh, but but they, they let them back into the fold every time. 
Um, yeah. And then now look what happened. And then, and not to mention, like she, she mentioned, Rob and um, and Ned. And I guess she know more. She knows more about why they died, but mm. maybe she doesn't know exactly. Even though I guess John told her what happened with his resurrection, but she could have thrown that in there too. Like you know, you died also in being <laughs> right. Maybe she doesn't know exactly He's why. Smarter. But but yeah. But so okay. And then what do you think about John's idea for that ladies got to fight also, young girls' daughters? Uh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't seem to be a traditional Westerosi, and Northerners are a bit less like. Well, the Mormons caring. already obviously fight. Yeah, as like women, and yeah. Lady Mormont wants to get on the, in the battle. I think. Yeah, yeah. I also noticed. I don't think you've been at any lines this episode, uh, Sir Davos, but I spotted him in there when uh, Mormont was talking. Like, I feel like he's scouting out for a new uh, daughter mm-hmm. surrogate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He definitely has a new best bud. He's like, hmm, stroke the beard. Hmm. And then we got a little, um, well, Littlefinger obviously is trying to cause problems as usual, but oh, at least for now, Sansa knows what's up. Mm. She did have a good retort for uh, uh, shutting him down as well. Shade of the week, man. Mm. I won't put that as shade of the week because I'm going to get to what I thought think was mm. with mm-hmm. your girl over there, but... Um, but... Uh, yes, and then um, yeah, we briefly saw that the torment of Brienne love love show again. Well, probably the one side. Of, That's uh, so cute. It is cute. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't think she is into him at all. Like, no, no, she's into she's, Jamie. She's into yeah. pretty boys. Yeah, but he. It sounds from what he was saying. Uh, it's, it sounds like he likes to maybe get roughed around a little bit by his woman, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe is intrigued by that. All right. Well, there, obviously, there's a lot to come with that. How about then Cersei down in King's Landing? I guess she and Jamie haven't talked in like a couple months or something because he said they hadn't even talked about their son yet. Yeah. Who she says was a traitor, I think she said. Yeah, I mean, well, like... So she's over the kids. He did just, like... <laughs> she tried to save him from, like, whatever the fuck was going on with the uh, faith. She tried to save him and Marjorie and everything. Like, she brought in, an, uh, like, semi-hostile army to, like, make that happen. Yeah. And then he tried to have her go through with her trial, so mm. she was right. He, he did her on that way, but plus, like, I mean, Jamie loves her kids. Like that is established at least in the perspective chapters in the fourth book. Like she Jamie's... does, or I mean, I'm sorry, Cersei. Yeah, Cersei genuinely loves her children. Like that is a thing. It, it is. Mm, I will disagree. I will, if disagree. we're talking book, which I believe you said book, I will mm-hmm. also disagree. I don't. I think the in the show it's. They they do the writers of the show I think really do want to say that Cersei loved their kids and that was one of like good qualities I've I've seen the show and say that but um in the book I feel because you get her in the fourth book you start getting her um, mm-hmm. what do you call her narration but perspective check. perspective it seems to me like I don't think she does really care about the children at least maybe she cared about Joffrey a little bit I mean well she cares about them in the way that any parent cares about their children which is like they're an extension of me they're a reflection on like. Me, they validate me, my Jesus. experience. Okay, well, I have some views, okay? Yeah, so that's, that might be a little, um... Whether it, like, whether it comes from a place of just, like, bedrock goodness or whether it's about her own experience. Like, okay. she does care about those children. And now that they're all gone, she has the only thing she's ever really wanted, which we've known all along, was the goddamn the Iron Throne. Well, yeah, so, so uh, Lord Hand, I think... I don't know how objective you're being here, but I guess that's fair. Because even in some of the chapters... You, it's the narrators can't be completely objective. So. Right. Hmm. But, so Jamie does say, right, like, 
Well, by the way, she's also getting a nice new uh, new poem, or at least four paintings of Westeros. Same. <laughs> we had a brief kerfuffle um, to pause. So the white section, one of my friends thought uh, she was saying, it was like he was doing a shitty job painting that that top corner or painting it because like you don't leave the top corner done and paint like everything like detail by detail you would do a base coat of the blue and then right. you would paint the softer blues on top of that and then you would paint the greens <laughs> on top of that do you think like w- well, was like that just a sloppy detail or was that the lands of always winter I, I would say it's always winter yeah because they right. don't know what's up they there they don't know what's up there like no one really knows much beyond the wall right there was no detail on, on there for us to be like oh that's for sure the lands of always winter but that was what I was yeah. saying too I mean Cersei got way more problems than worrying about that right now <laughs> right Honestly. now because like Jamie like says like who is who are they doing this for they have no more heirs or anything and they <laughs> right and they don't really she's not really the queen of the seven kingdoms yeah, I mean, Cersei's notoriously short-sighted. Like, she's got yeah. the only thing she ever wanted. But, like, now what the fuck is she going to do? Yeah. It's the same way, like, it, it, the twist at the beginning of last season where she, she armed the Faith and everything, or right. two seasons ago. Yeah, two seasons. She armed the Faith and, like, got exactly what she wanted. She got the, the Tyrells arrested and everything. And then immediately they turned on her because, of course, they right. did. Because Cersei, Cersei can't see past, like, the first step to uh, my end goal being my end goal. And now I think about it, she has King's Landing under control, at least, obviously, but which is not really a kingdom, one of the seven kingdoms, the capital or whatever. Mm-hmm. What kingdoms does she even have under control at all, other than, I guess, the Lannister lands, Westerlands? She has the Riverlands, the Westerlands, and... Yeah, kind of, I mean, all the, the Freys just got killed by Arya. The- <laughs> yeah, the Reach, does she... Re- I mean, no, the Reach well, no. is an open rebellion. Yeah. I think that maybe they're gonna the Tarleys maybe are gonna Sam's father is maybe gonna lie with the Lannisters I think, which maybe he's gonna take over the Reach temporarily and, and be on their side. But and Jamie mentioned something about the Reach too. So I mean, most kingdoms are an open rebellion. One of those kingdoms is on the Iron Island. That's the only right uh, ally so out charming. there for her. So well, also the Vale is they technically consider still on their side. They don't. But she must know that they um, came up and joined Peter John to win the Peter declared war. for John for all to hear. Uh, Essentially. Said that. Or even if she doesn't think, maybe she doesn't realize he did that himself. And she just thinks he lost control of it and they took their own. Who knows what she thinks, but. Because he's lying to her, obviously, little finger. But the point is, she needs allies badly. Especially with the, the biggest threat to her right now is Danny, who you saw at the end of the episode lands on Dragonstone. I don't know. Not too much to say about that, but. I mean, we can talk about Danny too here at the end, but but with Cersei, okay, so she brings Yoran Greyjoy in, mm-hmm. the new rival for you, Eric. First of all, I have no rivals. <laughs> I... But he he had some good moves, I think, in terms of how to shut down the the perceived threat, which is Jamie at this point. <laughs> He's getting in there with some shade. That's why I say that the biggest uh, shade moment, if you want to call it that, was when he. He get he he did a, a tag team of uh, insults on Jamie mm-hmm. here to his face basically. First he says, "I have all my ships and two good hands," and holds them both up. So that was the best one. Then he, she uh, Cersei says something about, "Oh, you ki- how can I trust you? You killed your own brother. <laughs> you should." Try. And she he says, "You should try it sometime." So Jamie, Sir Jamie, was how much is this guy gonna take before he? Uh, Right, well, like, popular fan theory is, like, he's going to murder her. Yeah, Valon Carr and all that. Which, obviously, that's going to happen, right? We, this I think, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I do think they're at least going to 
part ways by the end of the season. They fucking better. Yeah, oh, she's going to send him out of the capital. Uh, there are shots in the... Uh, well, yeah, I know he's going to be out, but, but, but what I mean is not not just physically separated. And don't come back. Mentally separated. Right. Well, no, I want him to make the decision. Not, like, I want him to dump her. I don't her. He ever will. He has to, though. Because I want him to be more like the book character. I'll, yeah. But also, we still... I still... Jamie is one of my favorite characters in the show. So I love him. I don't want him putting up with this nonsense. Seriously. Yeah, I think he... I don't know. I think in that conversation, he essentially was just like, what's the point? Yeah. Um, you get that. He's still standing by her, but you can tell his heart's not in it like it was before. Right. It wasn't like, oh, we're Lannisters. Screw with anyone who screws with us. Now it's more like, I'm just here so you don't die like or crash and burn at this very second. Because mm-hmm. he, you know, he's qu- he questions her, and he questions her a lot, and he questions right. her decisions. So, and the decision she made at... The- up to this point is she denied Euron's uh, Euron wants a marriage I guess well she's already can't get Danny, married so. to me well I mean you, I know you, you wrote that uh, <laughs> Eric, fan fiction <laughs> I was gonna say you wrote Eric plus Cersei with a heart in your, on your trap or keeper but mm. <laughs> it's also tattooed on just every inch of my body but I don't think she knows that and you, and you don't got all you do have two hands as well and mm. you are the hand my hand but you don't have all them. So chefs. that's three. I've got the pin. Don't got the ships. So. I don't have the ships. And you don't have the. I don't know if you have this gift. Like, so Euron said he's going to bring her back a gift. What do, what do we think this is? I have heard a bunch of people say some things. Uh, you guys go first. I think he's he's trying to get. He's going to try to take one of the dragons or Danny's dragons. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of. I guess that's kind of with knowledge from the book where it, he has like this magical horn which we don't know if it works or not yeah. but he thinks that it's gonna bind dragons so that makes sense i was my mind was going to Tyrion because that's what she wants but mm-hmm. i just plot wise i realistically don't see how he's gonna get Tyrion. also for a second no one acknowledges danny has three dragons in the seven kingdoms well like, no one said it i think they said it someone must have said Cersei it they didn't say it I think it's like a situation kind of like the White Walkers where they just have people haven't seen them so they don't really see what the threat is. And they haven't been around for hundreds of years, a couple hundred years. It's just crazy that no one's like harping on the fact it's like, oh, Danny's coming from Dragonstone and by the way, she has three huge fucking dragons. No, no one's saying that. That's, it baffled me. That's interesting. For sure no one's saying that. I kind of believe that all the characters like at this point know that like, I don't bitch over here has dragons like that's a thing well like if we're gonna go back to Aegon like they did a lot of like harping back to Aegon in the episode they like mentioned him like probably like three times I feel like they did they, they, they mentioned they mentioned Aegon's conquest like a couple of times just like briefly did they mention Aegon? I don't know and like side conversation I swear like I felt like there was like a side conversation like oh they said Aegon did this so that's where they kept on on dragons when they were talking about Dragonstone they're like mm-hmm. Aegon this was the first place oh that's where he landed because yeah. Jamie tells her that's where Danny will land yeah which is true we and, see it then and yeah. stuff like that so like people know how like you know historically how dragons were able to just take over the kingdoms without a big yeah. army so yeah. so honestly Cersei probably should have been like whatever this kid she probably should have just said yeah let me have all these ships right now <laughs> like, I mean yeah. they're both very untrustworthy I obviously wouldn't put one over the other to kill the other one at their first chance uh, but uh, I, I assume it's going that one anyway like they are going to be alive by the end of the season or to 
afraid to have any chance with these battles. I mean, we were talking about that in a preview. Oh, they definitely are. But, mm. but uh, let's let's move from dragons to dragon glass. That's what Sam is down in there at the Citadel. He's supposed to be figuring that out. Like, conveniently, all the uh, special tomes are just behind lock and key there. <laughs> so, well, first of all, there is a, a long montage, uh, very unpleasant in my opinion. So. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I don't care for scatological humor, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people did, did like that. That was... That was Kubrick in, in its level Kubrick. of attention to detail. It was too much. Like, it was a little much. It, it went on a little need, It like, was like, th- what, like three minutes long of like him know. cleaning like shit pans? <laughs> and then the food looks like shit Yeah, also. it was just like, stop. But also, I don't even remember any montages in the show at all before. Right? No, yeah. I don't think they ever have. It was a super mad mini episode. I loved it. <laughs> just like, real, just, just like real mundane, just like... There's no such thing as dragons. Like, we're all just living our lives. And, like, every everyone got closer to their goal in this episode. But we do these, like, weird, interesting, just like, oh, these are lives that are being lived uh, scenes in these early episodes in each season. I, I love it so much. Well, we only saw part of him, and only for a brief couple of seconds, but did, did Sir Jorah get closer to his goal? He's finally he made his way to the Citadel. Woof. He's not looking so hot. He does not look good. Yeah, it looks like he's starting to go like grayscale and sand. Also, the only character for whom any time has passed in between the seasons. No, there's a second character in, in this plotline. I think Baby Sam has finally caught up to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like actually walking. He's like four years old now. <laughs> also, I don't really understand. Like, how are, is the Ken Gilly allowed to just live with him there? Is he in like an apartment outside of the actual dorm rooms or whatever they call it? Like, what? Yeah, they. It doesn't make sense. Right? It doesn't what make sense. It's like a monastery. Like, yes, it's. It is a convenience for sure. <laughs> it's supposed to be like a monastery. So, like, the show's just kind of like, oh, she's just sleeping in there. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he's got all his books. Also, he just took the books. Like, I thought he was going to like look and see something. And then, but he just like took he's stole just like, Yeah. He's going to get caught, obviously. Yeah, he's for sure going to get caught. Also, he still has his, that sword. I, I Realistically, I feel like his dad should have been on his tail to get that sword. I know, because well. Old Town's not even that far. No. I mean, I think his dad is going to be brought into the Lannister side. But, um, but still, I, I would think he would send people after him or whatever. He, I think he knew where it was going, right? So yeah, no, he did. Uh, I don't know, but so there's plot conveniences, obviously, but but yeah, it's a it's a good episode overall. Um, I mean, do you have anything else to say about that Sam story or anything? I think we covered everything else. Yeah, I got I got nothing. Well, else we we didn't really talk about Danny, but it wasn't much to talk about. Oh, she kissed Sam. She finally got on Westeros <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, that was like a that, that was like a really moving six minutes. I guess of walking. Um, <laughs> Now, also why, yeah, another convenience is that there's no people there. I mean, there would be someone there, right? Maybe they just got scared and ran away, but... Yeah, yeah, we were talking, my my friends and I were talking about this last night. Just like, either Stannis left people behind and... In the book, he does. Do yeah, he left people yeah. behind, and it wasn't enough to, like, defeat that armada. So you see them coming in, like, oh, you know what? Stannis is dead. Fuck this. Or, like, he left people behind, they heard that he was dead, and they left, like, three months ago. Yeah, but it's it was weird. It was kind of jarring when we were watching it. But then you think about it, it's like ah, sure. it's a TV show. I can forgive this one. Like it would be too waste of time to show whatever any opposition. But yeah, it, realistically, there would be there have to be somebody there. Yeah, or at least like people like 
even if it's like, people did desert it, which they might have. I'd be like, some some people are like, don't have anywhere to live. Like, well, let me post up in this castle for the winter. Yeah. Well, like, servants and stuff, like... <laughs> servants, yeah. Just there, generally there, just There are people who grew up in the castle. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, but at the same time, they're the small folk. They're, they're, like, leader is dead. They have no loyalty to, like, that particular bit of land. We see that happening all over the Riverlands where people just, like, things are not going well. I give up. Yeah, I'm, but I'm there's going there's never been really a war on Dragonstone. Like there's the war on the Riverlands. It's dangerous to be there. This is like kind of a little isolated island. Like well, I, I mean, like if they'd stayed and fought, there would have been. What? Yeah, I mean, there is going to be uh, so so Dragonstone is close to King's Landing, obviously. Yes, I think like if you jump on your dragon, you could probably get there in an, in an hour or something. <laughs> so like, and if Euron is on Cersei's side and they have their ships, there probably is going to be like a naval battle in this bay between the two. Between the capital and um, the Dragonstone, right? Yeah, if you remember from the second trailer, I yeah, think, there's both there's, there's for sure going to be one. Yeah. Oh god, I can't wait for those. Like, this is not what I watched the show for, but I can't wait for those fucking battles. Mm-hmm. And there's both. Uh, yeah, we talked about in the preview too. Uh, all the trailers showed. I think we did our last podcast after the first pre- preview was out or trailer was out, but there was a second trailer too, mm-hmm. which we didn't get a chance to talk about. But it, yeah, it showed a lot of battles as well. So. And we had been saying, oh, maybe this trailer is just going to show the battles in the next trailer. We'll focus on something else. But no, I mean, six more episodes left Fighting. for season seven. Got to be moving. Yeah, the first episode was like normal as a setup and stuff. But like I said earlier, it did. I, I, I think I did like this opener a little better than in the past few seasons, even though it was mostly set up. Um, looks like it should be a good season. What do you guys think? Yeah, I was giddy the whole time. Every time we saw a character, and maybe absence, heart fonder or whatever. But, like, every time we saw a character again for the first time, I was like, that's my buddy. Mm-hmm. I was very excited. Oh, so, real quick, uh, should we just, I guess, who didn't we see? I mean, some people, like I said, Davos didn't even have any lines. Tyrion didn't have any lines. We right. saw him, though. Varys, all them. Who did we not even see that's important? Varys. Well, we did, we we did see Varys. him, technically, with Tyrion. Oh, yeah. I, I do um, remember that. Yeah, he didn't have any lines, but they're walking with Danny. Did we see them. anyone in Dorne? No. We didn't see the Doran, Dornish. We didn't see Olena. Not see Olena. She got name checked <laughs> by yeah. Cersei. They called her a, a rude term, but yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, we, most of the people left, I think we we did see, right? I'm still waiting yeah, right. for Gendry. Right, we didn't see him. We know he's going to be in the season. Gendry's confirmed going to be in the season. Yeah, he was at this picture room at the premiere and stuff. Like, he's he's going to be in it. So we'll Finally. See. Maybe he's hanging out in Dragonstone. <laughs> Maybe Dad will let him go and he was like, well, I don't know how to row. Like, I'm just going to go hide in the in the corner of the castle. And he's like, he's like a room in there. <laughs> or he shows up in Marine now. <laughs> oh, yeah. He rows all the way to, to Dragon's Bay as it was right now. Oh, God damn. He hangs out with Daria. <laughs> I, think, I think the only character left there we know about. I'm... Kind of sure he's gonna hook up with the uh, Brotherhood without banners. Yeah, I would think it's gonna go that way. And the book too, he's still part of that faction, so right, right. It's not a hot take. like they yeah. did in the show. So yeah, they're all gonna be heading up north. I I, I agree. Um, all right, well that's gonna do it for Brooklyn Rebound Podcast Small Council on season seven, episode one, Dragonstone, Game of Thrones. Maybe we'll be back next week to talk episode two. Maybe not. Can't say for sure, but. If not, just look out for the next small council when it happens. And uh, we'll be out of here. Bye. Bye. Bye.
hand of the king of the pot. I mean, the king of the pot. What? <laughs> Whatever. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to